Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Got a close one in Toronto. Golden State up three with eight minutes to play in the fourth quarter. 92-89. to They're doing this without Kevin Durant, who was injured in the second quarter. He went out, looked like a serious injury. I know this will be discussed quite a bit over the next week or so. We're waiting to get in touch with Ollie Cosell of the Bird Rights. He's going to join us to talk Anthony Davis trade rumors. The latest is that a three-way deal is what David Griffin is searching for. You know, when this blew up today, I think ESPN first had it. Woj, was it Woj? It might have been Woj who first had it. I know ESPN had it, and then it, you know everybody else had it after him. And I'm just, I'm just sitting here in New Orleans rolling my eyes going, really? Y'all are just on this? Have you been paying attention to the NBA the last decade and how big-time trades work? And, of course, this is bigger than them all. A lot of times, especially recently, a majority of the time, it's a three-, four-team deal. It's a multi-team deal, and multi being more than two. Not surprising to me. I wrote about it a couple of weeks ago that the Pelicans should be searching for a third team at least as a trade partner for the Anthony Davis trade sweepstakes. So I'm just sitting here just laughing. Like, duh. Come on. This isn't hard stuff. Like, breaking news, ESPN says Pelicans and David Griffin searching for a third team. Really? You haven't figured this out yet? We've been saying this here for weeks. I know the bird rights have been talking about it. Speaking of the bird rights, Ollie Cosell, editor-in-chief there, joins us on the program. Uh, Ollie, what's going on tonight? Seth, how are you doing? Dude, I'm good. I'm a little perturbed, to say the least, about what happened in Toronto earlier tonight with the uh. the glorious cheering of the Kevin Durant injury. I mean, we'll talk about a heel turn and turning everybody against, well, I don't know, everybody against the city, turning me against the city. That was it. That was terrible, man. It's not a good look. I mean, when you've got, it's not just one fan either. I saw a lot of glimpses of the crowd. I'm sure you've seen some of those on social media where it seems like a throng of them, right? As soon as he yeah. gets up and is limping, they're cheering for that. So after all week and two, last two weeks, we've been hearing how Canadians are all great and nice, especially on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Suddenly they have this showing. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a terrible look. But you know what? It, it's it's not as comparable as, say, something really dastardly. I mean, that's something we got to remember at the end of the day. Yeah. This isn't some kind of racial undertones. This isn't Nazis marching somewhere and, you know, beating up on people. But, again, I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to – make up for what is obviously a bad look for Toronto and and they should be ashamed yeah really quickly before we get to the AD stuff I've always thought that the takes that Kevin Durant was a selfish player were were just silly um, because he wanted to get out of you know the Russell Westbrook uh, uh, drama factory in Oklahoma City and go play for somebody Uh, those takes seem even colder now considering the guy didn't have to come back entering a free agency period unrestricted one for him when he could cost himself 
tens of millions of dollars if this really is a big-time Achilles injury, Ollie. It's it's devastating to him. He could cost the rest of his career, Steph. I mean, we've heard long and hard after DeMarcus Cousins went down with that Achilles injury how players don't return to the similar form. So it's more than just, you know, a little bit of money, I think. I mean, his whole, you know, standing among the greats of the greats, right, could be affected. So th- this is terrible. But, again, you're right. It completely shows what I think we all feared is that it was an Achilles injury at first, and it kind of got brushed off as a calf injury. And Durant forced, you know, I mean, God bless his soul for being such a warrior and wanting to be out there and prove himself. But at the end of the day, you're right. It looks like it might have been a mistake. All right, let's talk. He cost himself. Yeah, we, let's move on. But, yeah, that, I, I feel for him. I really do. I hope that people change their perception of him. That's one last thing I want to say. Yeah, change so- that perception. He's not such a villain. He, 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 he's out there to win. Yeah, sorry, Ollie. I apologize for that. It's Ollie Cosell of the Bird Rights at Ollie Cosell on Twitter. Uh, let's get to the AD trade news. And what news to me? I don't know if it was to you. Like, whoa, I think it was woes you broke it. Uh, David Griffin searching for three team deal. I mean, like, yeah, we, we know that. <laughs> at least I did, <laughs> Ollie. I know. We've talked about it so much over these last couple months, right? That it's so hard just to find one trade partner. And then when we were doing among here on the Bird Rights, I know. All sorts of scenarios that involve almost always a third team. And we come up with some real good ones that include, say, the Boston Celtics and the Pacers, where, you know, you can route maybe Miles Turner or DeMontis Sabonis towards the Pelicans simply because they need a center, and Indiana's got two that they can't play together. So it's deals like that that we've always searched for. And it's interesting to see, you're right, this is suddenly newsworthy and shocking to pretty much the entire population. Yeah, I don't really get it. By the way, you're telling me DeMontis Sabonis could be uh, a possible target here? That'd be great. He's a zag, Ollie. So come on, give me give me a zag back here. <laughs> I would love to get him and say you get Jason Tatum to Indiana to make him happy. You send him a little Jalen Brown. Um, I know you're going to have to push out all those assets out of Boston, but hey, maybe Kyrie Irving suddenly has a change of heart. I mean, maybe Danny Angie still got some other picks that can get some guys. So I don't know. I think there's deals out there to be had that teams want to take advantage of and improve their rosters. You know, all those playoff fringe type of teams like Indiana. So it makes perfect sense Beth, for somebody else to get involved. Uh, if, if there was a surprising part of this that came out a little later in the day, it was reports that the Pelicans want to get something in place, at least an agreement in place, before the draft. So within the next week or so. Uh, is that what you're hearing too, Ollie? Yeah, that's something we always felt would happen, especially with David Griffin always interested in cashing in his own chips at the draft. And th- here's the thing that's important. Teams can always still set. Um, you know, go ahead and make picks on behalf of another team. But here's the key. David Griffin probably wants to have some of these guys in for workouts. So you want to get that trade in, kind of know what picks you are going to um, have, and then the players you need to be looking at in that range. So you can make your own evaluation. Without that, you know, then, then, then it's a lot more of a blinder guess, right? You don't get to work out these players. They don't see any reason to come, right? Or you want to have that leak out. I mean, heaven forbid if something like that leaks out. So, yeah, that is the major reason why you want to get this deal done, say about three days before the draft. So can you explain to me in the audience, because I am always a little bit confused here, even though I've read as much as, as I can on it, the, the rules for trading or at least coming agreements to trades in the NBA before the NBA draft. And I know I get texts and calls every single day saying, 
well, they can't really trade until or execute the trade until July 1st. Or I guess it's June 30th now, Ollie. So how would it exactly work? Let's say they come up with a deal. Just We'll do it just for simplicity's sake. One-on-one deal with the Boston Celtics, and they get something in place before the draft. How, how exactly would that work where you know the Celtics are drafting for the Pelicans and everything? Okay, well, yeah, Boston. I'm glad you brought up Boston because that is one team that you absolutely have to wait for July the 1st because they have – Kyrie Irving still under contract under the Rose Rule. And as we learned recently, or this past year, they couldn't trade for Anthony Davis simply because he was also signed under the Rose Rule. So you can't, no roster can carry two of those same players. So therefore, you have to wait till July 1st. You have to wait until the calendar flips and then to basically make the trade official. But like I said, you can, you can do all this stuff. Um, you can make all these oral agreements. And that's what it boils down to. But the Boston Celtics is absolutely that the best case scenario in showing that you really do have to wait, that you can't simply announce a trade. Like with the Lakers, for instance, we would just be sending Anthony Davis into their cap space. That, that That's not a problem. I mean, they, they're carrying over like three players, like LeBron and a few of the younger guys, right? Whoever mm-hmm. that wouldn't get traded. So it wouldn't be an issue there at all. So, yeah, I mean, officially everything's going to have to wait, but you can still execute a deal. Like draft day deals happen all the time, Steph, and then the teams go ahead and start making their picks. But then, then it gets flipped on over. Then whichever team it gets traded to, then it counts as theirs up front because the books are good. I mean, the books are always set on July 1st. So everybody knows there's no question marks mm-hmm. like with, with the Boston Celtics. Sorry, I didn't do that good of a job. I've got my talk all over me. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. I guess the, the, the question, I'll just almost verbatim read the text that I got earlier, and I think I know how to answer this, but I'll have you answer this. Uh, let's say the, the the Pelicans and the Celtics come to an agreement, and they, they want to trade Anthony Davis, and they come to this agreement before the draft. What's stopping the Celtics from backing out after the Pelicans have lost the leverage post-draft? Well, because – Oral agreements are pretty much binding, at least in the NBA. That's just how business has always been carried out. So you you, you wait until uh, the draft moratorium, excuse me, the free agency moratorium would be over, and then everything would be made official. But I think there's only been one instance that I can remember in recent history where somebody's kind of reneged on their deal, and that was DeAndre Jordan yep. with the uh, Dallas Mavericks. So it's just not you know practice that anybody wants to uh, follow through with for Seth. That's why you stick to it. Once you agree to something, you stick to it and especially david griffin and danny ainge right they have that it's such good relationship and really david griffin has good relationships across the league ollie so it's not like anybody's going to back out of an oral agreement with with david griffin for fear of um you know tarnishing their reputation for the rest of their career exactly you just nailed it on the head yeah that's that's how these gms maintain their jobs it's not only wins and losses it's how you deal with others and and that's your ability and then bringing in good players it affects all that type of stuff so yeah you absolutely have to up, 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 uh, maintain the most upstanding citizenship or whatever you want to call it in the NBA that you can. Yeah, general manager citizenship. Boy, wouldn't you like to have that passport? Yeah, NBA general, <laughs> NBA general manager. Absolutely. Uh, Ollie Cosell, the bird writes. Uh, finally here, Ollie, and, and look, it, we're coming down to crunch time now. So who are, in your mind, the front runners to land Anthony Davis? And I'm not necessarily talking about who's going to be involved in all these multi-team deals, but where do you think Anthony Davis ends up? Is it Boston? I still think it's Boston. I've talked to so many people, Seth, and those that are closer to Danny Ainge or know his habits really think he's going to go ahead and gamble. Even though he's got people with his own front office telling him not to, they think he for sure will. And everybody points to that KG uh, Ray Allen trade 
where they built that super team. You know, he traded for Ray Allen. He had no assurances. In fact, he was told KG did not want to come to Boston for the longest. And it took a lot more uh, pushing calls by Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Danny Ainge, other Celtics to get Garnett to finally agree. And he didn't come over until I want to say August. So he traded for Ray Allen right up right at the start of that free agency period in July, and they had to wait another month and a half before that super team came about. So I've heard that Danny Ainge has 100% belief in what he believes in doing is right for the organization. So they think he's going to follow a similar pattern with Anthony Davis. Ollie Cosell, The Bird Rights, thebirdrights.com, and he's on Twitter at Ollie Cosell. Ollie, I'll let you get back to the end of this game. It's a good one. Thanks so much. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping Golden State can pull this one out. because You know, we can't have the series end on – such a bad note yeah. where Toronto was cheering an injury, right? I, I want them to win overall, but not tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. Look, I'm, I'm neutral here, but I'm with you, Ollie. Like, let's get another game, and get away from this. Like, if a Toronto wins, let it not be tonight, so we don't have all the the hot take factories across the country on cable sports news just talking about that instead of them winning the title, right? Because that's that's what would happen. We'd have one week of them talking about, well, did Toronto deserve the championship? Their fans are so bad. You know, that would be- I know. Their first championship in history is going to be knocked off the front page on a lot of papers. Why? Because of that incident. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. avoid it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Ollie, we'll talk to you again. Thanks so much. All right, Seth, take care. All right, although uh, it is Toronto getting closer to that elusive championship four-point lead, and they have the basketball 335 to play in this game. We'll keep you updated as it comes down to the wire here. Remember, Toronto up, and there's another bucket, so it's a six-point lead. 325 to play. This is getting close here for the Raptors. No timeout by Kerr. We'll take a break. We'll follow it live here on the last lap. 10-0 run here in crunch time for the Raptors. Timeout Toronto. They have a 103-97 lead. I gotta be honest though, I, I can't look at anybody in that arena and feel happy for them right now. And this is such a heel chain to turn for me earlier tonight, but the, the Kevin Durant injury cheering, I mean, that just soured me on Toronto sports fans for the foreseeable future. I don't know. Maybe I'll feel differently in a couple of days and when I get a little away from it, but everything I'm seeing online right now is in agreement with me that you feel happy for the players if this holds up for Toronto, but I, I, do you feel happy for the city? If you don't know what I'm talking about, earlier today, Kevin Durant tried to play, didn't have to, tried to come back from that leg injury, give a scene a boost to his facing elimination, uh, got to the second quarter, and then he had what looked like a pretty devastating injury to his right calf or perhaps right Achilles tendon. Didn't look good, couldn't walk, went down to the floor, and then had to get help up, and you had the entire, what looked like the, and look, I'm using that uh, hyperbolically here, but it certainly was a majority, a vast majority of Raptors fans cheering, yelling, clapping, in kind of adulation that Kevin Durant was hurt. I mean, it was just disgusting. It was gross. It's one of the grossest things I've seen in a big-time sporting event, uh, frankly, in quite a while, from a fan's perspective. I'm, I'm not rooting for Toronto after that. Look, I'm not necessarily the Toronto players. They weren't part of that. It's really hard for me to be, you know, in the corner of the Toronto fans after that display. I mean, I just I don't know anything like that. And we're in such a sports hotbed here in New Orleans. I know we there's a dunk by Boogie Cousins. No, nope, they're going to wave it off. 
say it was in the cylinder. So 103-100, Clay Thompson hit a three a moment ago. Just a tick under two minutes to play. So Golden State back up to get the wall here. We live in such a sports hotbed here with such intense rivalries with all of our sports, certainly with LSU football and LSU baseball and the Saints. I've never seen anything like this. Like, we've never seen anything like this in an LSU-Alabama game, in my, in my memory anyway. I mean, we might have a smattering of ridiculous cheers over in Alabama in Bryant-Kinney when an LSU player gets hurt. But it's, it's outweighed by people telling those morons to shut up. And same thing here. You might have – and you're always going to have this drunk fan, a handful of them cheering when the opposing an opposing player gets hurt. We've seen that a little bit. But it, it's never, you know, just the, the vast majority of all fans like it was uh, up in Toronto. I think that should be a – well, that's close. They're reviewing this play by Boogie Cousins. That looks like it's out of the cylinder. That should be a dunk by Boogie, I think. Another angle here. Yeah, that's that's going to be a bucket. That's definitely going to be a bucket by Boogie. So that's going to get him within one. It should, with 159 to play. So it's not over there yet. I don't know. Do you disagree with me? If you've seen the play, if you haven't seen the play, I want to know. Give me a call. 504-260-1870. That's 504-260-1870. Am I off base here? I don't know if you saw it or not, but but would you be the same way? If you're kind of rooting for a team, kind of wanting to see, I think like we all were, like Golden State, they've been there, done that. I told you, I like how they play, love how they play the game of basketball. Maybe a little new championship blood. After that display, I'm, I'm off. I'm off. I'm not trying to repeat myself here. I just... I'm just trying to explain that, yeah, I, I can't. I, I can't do it. A text from the 504, we cheered in the Superdome when Brett Favre was laid out. Look, I remember that. I wasn't in the Superdome. I remember that, though. There were some some very, uh, and a relative few initial cheers, but that was very brief. Very brief. And remember, he didn't leave the game. It's different when you cheer a quarterback getting hit hard Way different than if a quarterback gets hurt and he's carted off the field, which is basically what happened to Kevin Durant here. 504-260-1870. The last lap continues on WWL. Oh, there's a three. Big time bucket. Three-pointer for the Warriors, and they've tied it up. 103-103 with a minute 14 to play. We got a ball game. Here's Kawhi for three. No. Tip Gasol, no. And here come the Warriors. Wow. What a game. Forget the fans for a second. What a basketball game. This has been a pretty good series for the most part. Clay's going to try one left wing, and it's good. Clay Thompson buries a three from the wing. So 106 103, 56 ticks left. This was a six point Raptors lead at 103 to 97, and it is switched on a 9 0 Warriors run just the last, what, minute and a half? And it's 106 103. Boy, Clay Thompson. 7 to 13 from 3 tonight, 26 points. Was added 6 rebounds, 4 assists and a steal. Steph Curry 5 of 14 from 3. Not a great night for Steph. Down night, 10 to 23 from the floor, 31 points. Does has does have 8 rebounds and 7 assists. What a basketball game. What a great basketball game. Speaking of great basketball, at least a great basketball move, the Pelicans made one today. They hired Swin Cash as vice president of basketball operations and team development. They announced this earlier this evening, and what a great move. Another great move by David Griffin. 
Gail Bench and Dennis Lauscher and company over there. Although, let's be honest, this is all David Griffin. He's been given unilateral control, but I guess it goes to Gail Benson hiring David Griffin. But I have been paying attention to Swin Cash since we, we came out of high school at the same time. Look, that, that statement makes it sound like I came out as some you know big time basketball player. I did not. She did. Uh, she also played uh, was it 15 years or so. I think it was exactly 15. Yeah, it was exactly 15 years in the WNBA. She's a WNBA um, on the women's national team a couple of times, had an MVP. And also then after her career, she transitioned. And this is the big part when you're talking about from a Pelicans front office perspective. She transitioned to the front office over with the New York Liberty and was one of the vice presidents there in player development and was one of those coaches in the WNBA that NBA onlookers thought would is have a big time chance to come over to the NBA and coach kind of like Becky Hammond who's already doing it and I think a lot of people think Becky Hammond's going to get a head coaching opportunity in the near future and Swin Cash was one of those that we thought yeah she's going to get a job in the NBA if she wants it eventually and here she is in New Orleans what a great get what a great get. Boy, big turnover by Golden State. They had the ball back, and Draymond Green stepped on the half-court line after he had crossed one over in back violation. Uh, there is a goaltending call on Boogie Cousins. So he has had an offensive interference call, and now he's had a goaltending call. And, yeah, that's a goaltend. That was off the glass. That's an easy call there. So a one-point lead now for the Warriors, 106-105. to 105. They're gonna. Why are you reviewing this? Come on now. It looked like it hit the rim to me, backboard and rim, but maybe not. I don't know. I'm watching out of the corner of my eye here. I mean, that certainly looks like goaltending to me. I don't know. I, I thought the last one, you heard me earlier, I thought it wasn't basket interference by Boogie on his tip back dunk, and they called that one. Sometimes these reviews are for things that aren't really close. I don't think that was close, but I don't know. Maybe they'll, uh, they'll prove me wrong here. Kyle Lowry looking into the stands. He's John. Boogie Cousins is turning around three, four times, spinning around, barking. He's not happy. That's standard Boogie. Steve Kerr, he's standing up, hands to the sky. There's Clay Thompson. It's fun stuff, though. I want another two games like this, with or without Kevin Durant. It's going to be without Kevin Durant if it goes longer than this. Big-time possession here for the Warriors. Uh, a three would certainly put it on the brink. Even a bucket here, it's going to be tough with how well Golden State shoots free throws. Uh, we'll see. Remember, this game's in Toronto. They have a 3-1 lead trying to win their first title. What happened here? You got another another call on Golden State? Oh, boy. They called a, an illegal screen by Boogie Cousins. Let's see it again. And, oh, that's a good call. Look, no, that's a good call. That's a great call by the the referee who was on that side little hip check by boogie that's the perfect call it might get dissected tomorrow on all the, the sports talk shows especially if toronto comes back to win here but i'm telling you that's the right call it's this the absolute right call and here comes toronto down by one with a chance to take a lead perhaps win their first title oh this is this is excellent stuff you know he's gonna get the ball right it's Kawhi leonard Nope, he passes it off. Left side, that's a wide open three. It's no good. That's the game. Didn't get a second opportunity. I think that's going to be it. Yeah, they're walking off. That's it. 
Well, that's a mismanaged shot clock there in final possession. Not shot clock, but mismanaged clock and final possession by a Toronto. I mean, it just is. You've got to get that shot off, that initial shot off, sooner than, than the clock's expiring. You want a chance for an offensive rebound. If you miss, you at least want a chance for a quick foul and, and maybe you get the ball back. That Van Vliet had an opportunity top of the horn where he could have taken a long three with about four seconds left. Instead, he passed the left corner. Was that Ibaka? I couldn't see over there. We got a small screen. He passed somebody in the left corner. It wasn't Kawhi. Kawhi initially had the ball. Uh, he was one-on-one with Draymond, and he decided to pass it off to Van Vliet. Van Vliet had a fairly good look at an open three from the top of the horn. He decided to pass it off, and Golden State, look, fairly miraculously wins this basketball game. 106 to 105, and the Toronto fans, who I love these shots now. We're getting all the shots of the Toronto fans, dejected, hands crossed, some of them tears in their eyes, not sure what just happened. You know what? Good on you and good for you, Raptors fans, who cheered Kevin Durant's injury earlier tonight. If there's any kind of karma in the sports world, this is it. I'm not talking about, by the way, I know we get in Canada. I'm not talking about the entire city of Toronto at all. I hate that when people conflate sports fans with an entire city or the culture of sports with an entire city. It's, I don't know, trying to make the Pelicans emblematic of the entire city of New Orleans or something. It's just not. So I'm not taking shots at the city of Toronto. What I'm taking shots at is the people who were in the arena tonight in Toronto. It was was terrible. I'm glad the Warriors won this game. And here's the thing. Here's the reason why. Ollie Cosell said it perfectly. I want the series to go longer and not be one tonight because if Toronto wins this, I don't want the story to be on, on all the newspapers and headlines and websites and social media and all the cable talk shows and sports talk shows to be, well, yeah, Toronto won uh, the NBA Finals, but their fans were all-time buffoons in cheering Kevin Durant's injury. That shot in the left corner was not even close. So you had three pointers by Steph Curry. They just showed it again. Kind of a fading to his right with Van Vliet in his face three, followed by a Clay Thompson three to get them the lead back. That was great. That's it, at least for this game. So it'll go back to Oakland. Warriors now 6-1 and one when facing elimination since 2015. And now the series gets a little tighter. Golden State going to be fairly heavy favorites. They'll probably be five-point or so favorites at home, especially when you have a fully healthy, it looks like, Clay Thompson back. We'll see if they can get this to a Game 7 back in Toronto. If you want to join us, talk about this game or whatever, 504-260-1870. That's 504-260-1870. Our text line is 870-870. Again, final, Warriors 106, Raptors 105. Warriors stay alive in the NBA Finals. The last lap continues here on WWL. Got a tweet from at I am Quail Man. First of all, I want to know what is Quail Man and why are you Quail Man? That is a great handle. It's one of the better ones I've seen. Uh, at I am Quail Man would have been sweet, though, to see Boogie get the offensive foul that cost the Warriors the game slash championship. A lot of Pelicans fans probably think the same thing. Boogie Cousins, multiple mistakes down the stretch, although one of them, I'm seeing a lot on Twitter that is agreeing with me that 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 Duncan or that tip back 
A tip in on the offensive rebound should have been reversed. I thought so too, watching it. But he was called for offensive interference there. That call stood. Then he was called for goaltending. That call stood. And then he was called for an illegal screen offensive foul. All in the span of about, I don't know, minute, minute and a half. I was boogie doing boogie things, I guess, down the stretch. Didn't matter, though. Warriors win 106 to 105, and they force game six, and that will be back at the Oracle. So we get at least one more game, and well, that will be the final game in the Oracle as they're moving to a new building next year. I'm glad this went past today. If there's anything such as sports karma, that was it. Text from the 504. You're so right, Seth. Bad karma. I would love to see Toronto win, but damn, that was a cold reaction to Durant's injury. Cold with a K. Love that. By the way, cold of the K, karma, right? Uh, maybe this loss kept Toronto from being burned to the ground by happy winners. Got to know how to celebrate, too. Yeah, there you go. There you go. If Toronto's going to win, uh, have it be in game seven in front of their home crowds when they don't make a fool out of themselves like tonight. And by then, most people will have forgotten. Not everybody. Most people will have forgotten and moved on from that. But that would have been the headline at everywhere. Toronto, uh, you know, booze. Toronto fans boo Kevin Durant's injury. Still going to be a headline, but at least that's not overshadowing Toronto winning their first ever championship. Text from the 504. Game is over. Can you play the sound now? We're going to try to find, and I don't know if we can, we're going to see if we can get some sound from Westwood for our moment of zen. If we have any actual play-by-play sound or if we have any reaction from the post game, we will play that in about 10 minutes or so. Text from the 504. If... If the Warriors come back and win this series, that is proof the NBA is, is fixed. Well, now 504. Did you watch the game tonight? I wasn't watching it intimately as I was doing a show, but I was watching it out of the corner of my eye and when I could. Look, I think the officiating was very good in everything that I saw, but there were a couple instances that I thought, okay, Raptors are getting some home cooking tonight. I don't think if anything was fixed, you had multiple Kawhi travels. You had an over and back call that I thought should have been called on Toronto and then one on Golden State that was iffy. You had the non-reversal of the Boogie Cousins tip in. So if anything, you might say, well, the officials had a little home cooking going on. But like I say, for people who are very casual basketball observers, especially NBA basketball observers, typically you get a slight lean from the officiating crews towards the home team. It is just human reaction. It, it is. These humans that are officials, they're not robots. They're not ignoring the crowd and the coaches and everything there. So a slight lean. I thought it was a slight lean, nothing egregious. I thought it was well officiated tonight. And like I said, that Boogie Cousins illegal pick, illegal screen call was a perfect call. And, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of Pelicans fans probably would have rejoiced if it was Boogie that cost a Golden State uh, championship. But that's not it. Let's go to the box scores here. Again, 106-105, Warriors beat the Raptors at the last lap on WWL. Uh, 31 for Steph Curry. Again, he's quiet late. That's his standard, though, late. Steph isn't, isn't the focus of the offense, even with no Kevin Durant for Golden State late in games. We did have 31 points tonight. Not a vintage Steph game, just 5 of 14 from 3. Did have eight rebounds, seven assists. 26 for Clay, who played 42 minutes tonight. Six rebounds, four assists. Had a steal. 11 for KD before he left. 10 for Draymond Green. 14 for DeMarcus Cousins off the bench. Six rebounds. Not a great performance by DeMarcus. Matter of fact, he was uh, minus four in the plus minus. For the Raptors, Kawhi Leonard, it was just 
not a good night for Kawhi. Nine of 24 for Kawhi. Two of seven from three. Did have 12 rebounds, six assists, but five turnovers. 17 for Gasol, 18 for Lowry, and Siakam with 12. Siakam, 0 of four from three today. Quiet day for Siakam. You usually see him filling up the stat sheet. Didn't really do it today. Four rebounds, a couple of assists, and a steal. Serge Ibaka off the bench for 15 points. So here we go. Toronto's going to lead the series three games to two. Well, they do lead the series three games to two. Shifts back Shifts back to, uh, to Oakland. The game will be on Thursday. I'm going to be on Thursday, uh, game number six. And then if they need a game seven, it will be later this uh, week. I believe that will be on the, is it the 17th or the 16th? It might be on Sunday. I'll have to check that. I'm not exactly sure. Let's go to the phone lines at 504-260-1870. Joey in Pearl River. Uh, uh, before we get to Joey, Logan, see if you can find where Game 7 of the NBA Finals is going to be. Like, See if you can look that up for me, what day it's going to be on. I think it's Sunday, but uh, check that for me. Joey in Pearl River, what's going on? Hey, Seth, how's it going? I just wanted to make a remark that tonight, uh, the last three minutes of this game, looked a lot like uh, the last five minutes of Game 2. I mean, their offense just quit. Just, I mean, they just, you know, stood around, stood around, let three pointers fly, and and like that was it, you know, no, uh, nothing that got them there, nothing that got, you know, no continuity amongst the uh, the the five guys uh, on the court playing offense. They got them the lead. I mean, they just, you know, yeah, quit. Yeah, no, but yeah, uh, but, uh, did you were you kind of rooting for the Warriors to win this one after the booze, Joey? Um. Well, I didn't hear about it, uh, the boost stuff and about, you know, KD until I heard you guys talking about it on the radio. Um, that's a shame. You know, I mean, um, you know, that's, that's, that's stuff they did back in the days of, of Rome, you know. Um, yeah. you, you, you don't do that nowadays. I mean, it's just and, – and there's no way that, you know, the fans can be punished for it other than the type karma they got fed tonight. Yeah. No, that's it. That's it, Joey. Was it's karma, right? That's the the big K, karma. If there's such thing as sports karma, it happened tonight. That's that's my take, anyways. That's what I'm taking away from this. I don't know. What you doing tonight, Joey? You said you just got home. Uh, well, I got home about uh 45 minutes ago, I guess. I just caught the uh the very beginning of uh or just missed the very beginning of the the fourth quarter, so I got to sit through all that. But uh, who was uh? I'm not familiar with Toronto's uh squad but who's number seven for toronto uh um, uh siakam i think isn't that siakam? no it's not siakam that's uh oh. he's a he's a guard the uh point guard maybe well it's not uh, Lowry. it wasn't lowry or was it lowry yeah uh they took the last three i think so uh, was it lowry i thought lowry was in the right corner well, maybe it was Lowry. Uh, then. Was it, it must have been Lowry then from the left corner. I know Van. It was Kawhi to Van Vliet and into the left corner. And I, we don't have a big TV here. And I was kind of looking at the show, not the TV, when it happened. So I'm not sure. You got to tell me. Point. You got to tell me, Joey. But uh, we'll, we'll look that up. I'll let you know. We'll take our final break when we come back. We'll see if we have any sound. We'll also, uh, the elusive one. And I'm almost positive it's Sunday would be Game Seven. Back after this, wrapping up the last lap on WWL. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll tonight had been: How often should LSU basketball? Be expected to win a national championship. Well, it's baseball, actually, not basketball. My bad. How often should LSU baseball be expected to win a national championship? 32% of you said every five years. 25% of you. Come on. I'm just getting the, the major troll here at 1054 at night. Every year, 25% every year. 
They should be expected to win a national championship every year. Okay, you voted whatever. <laughs> every 10 years, 20%. Never 16%. Every 20 years, 70%. 7%, pardon me. My column on LSU fans celebrating Florida State coach Mike Martin while trashing LSU coach Paul Maneri is online at WWL.com. You can find that there or the radio.com app or on my Twitter at Seth Dunlap. We have another big show tomorrow. In fact, we're basically back to our regular schedule here, and we have Saints minicamp starting. We're going to have sound out there. We'll have Sean Payton on Sports Talk. We'll replay that on my show tomorrow night. Lots to discuss. Also, we had a couple of kind of disturbing news notes with football players. And came out over the past 24 hours, former Florida Gators football captain Tony Joyner, who was part of a couple of title teams with Tim Tebow, he was charged with murder on Sunday. Police officers that worked with the Oxygen television series Cold Justice and the state attorney in Florida uh, made the arrest. They said he was involved with a 2016 murder. And it was unearthed by kind of basically a true crime series on the Oxygen Network. And then he also had Kellen Winslow Jr. convicted on multiple counts, including one count of rape. And he'll be sentenced to at least 15 years in prison. They're still deliberating other charges against him. But Kellen Winslow Jr., who was the sixth overall pick in the 2014 draft. That can't be right. It's got to be 2004 draft. That's a, that's a typo here I'm reading. Uh, the six picks in the 2004 draft, Winslow, son of Hall of Fame tight end Kellen Winslow. So I, I tweeted out a couple of things earlier tonight that I wanted to get into on the show. I kind of thought they wouldn't because we were watching the NBA Finals tonight and we didn't get to it. So tomorrow I, I want to discuss what I think is, frankly, it's a problem that not a lot of people are, are talking about and not enough people are talking about. And that is a culture that breeds for, for whatever reason. And I don't know the reason, but I want to talk about it. Violence by football players. And the statistics are there. Football players are committing violent crimes at a stunning rate, stunningly higher than other sports leagues, other athletes of other sports, and also when you compare them to other people in American society who make an equitable salary. Basically, it's a, it's a long way of saying if you take out things like petty theft or drug crime, drug using and dealing, and, and crimes that usually you see uh, people who are struggling financially, the lower class kind of associated with the lower class. I'm not making a judgment on that. I'm just trying to state the facts here. If you take out that, like you're not going to have a football player who's making $500,000 a year going out and stealing something or making drug dealers on the street. So my point is, if you take that out and you compare them to people who are making the, the, around the same salary that these guys are, the violent crime rates are off the charts high. And even if you compare them to NBA players, NHL players, Major League Baseball players, sky-high stuff here. It's a conversation, a deeper conversation, that I think needs to start happening for the player's own good. Something's amiss here. Something's amiss. When it seems like every other day we're talking about spousal abuse, rape, murders, serious stuff by big-time prominent football players. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Also, Saints camp. 
Want to thank Logan Falgu. Did a good job behind the glass tonight. I forgot sports lips tonight because we were watching the NBA Finals. So uh, keep those for tomorrow. Maybe we'll use those for tomorrow. But those NBA Finals were just too much. Thanks, Logan. Want to thank Tom Manessis and Helen Santani today for helping out booking the show. Also, Tim Zimmer, who is now working the mornings but helping book the show every night. Thank you again, Tim. Also want to thank all of our guests, Ollie Cosell, Hunt Palmer, Christian Garrick even stopped by the program, and Andrew Doka of WWL TV Channel 4. Remember, if you miss any of the show, and I know a lot of you get off work late, we got the, the service industry crowd that I love here that hops on in 9 to 10 o'clock hours. If you miss any of the show, you can catch the podcast at WWL.com in the on-demand section, the radio.com app, or you can just grab it in your favorite podcasting section. I use Apple Podcasts a lot. You can follow me on Twitter at Seth Dunlap. You can follow us on Twitter at WWLAMFM. Check our Saints minicamp coverage all day tomorrow. We'll have that for you starting at about 11 o'clock in the morning or so. So I'm Seth Dunlap. We'll hand it off now to Beyond Reality Radio, but look, like we do every single night, got to leave you with a moment of zen. Nothing bigger than this tonight. Steph Curry nailing a three late to help the Warriors overcome the Raptors and force a game six. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law